Boxing season. Chase is wide receiver. One. One. Tell your grandma. Joe Burrow. Tell your mom. Tell Bob. From accounting. Tell your grandma. One. Javante season. It's throat punching season. It's throat punching. It's throat punching. It's throat punching season. Receiver. One. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. What is going on, everybody? My name is Smitty. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Today is January, January, December. Hold on here. I've got I've got things all over the map here. January twelfth. There we go. Uh, it is uh, it's throat punching season, as you can tell by the new intro. And uh, we've got a lot to get o- uh, go over today. News rants. Let's go. Nice to see you here. And now for the news. Lots of news to go over, um, most of it playoff related. We have some things that I think we could touch on for 2022, but for the most part, this is a lot of playoff stuff. Nothing really negative other than for my Arizona Cardinals, of course. We've got DeAndre Hopkins, MCL, will not play in the Cardinals wildcard weekend. Uh, we weren't expecting him to play, but everybody's got great news, but, but my Cardinals, you know, and I'm not feeling really good about it. Uh, NGB with a super chat. Appreciate you being here. React to my new song live. Bring the hook. Uh, appreciate the super chat. I'm not sure if you're talking to, I'm not sure if you're talking to the new intro song, but I appreciate that. Uh, Kenny Powers first in the building. Elijah Moore to the moon. He says, uh, James is, is second in the building. Mealy third, Dan fourth, Tariq is fifth. And then Blackbeard, and we got Nick, and Ramos, and Nevin, and Mark Cleveland, and Vincent, and Brandon, and Dan, and Jose Pena, our our Door League 2 winner. Jose, what's up? Silver Rapture in the house. Tell your grandma, Silver says. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, practice on Wednesday. Toe, he's fine. Miles Sanders, return to practice. He's fine. Jalen Hurts. Was a full participant. He's good to go. Again, not a lot of negative news here. Jimmy G was limited. Um, this one I worry about. Like, look, I, I know the Niners look really good right now. They actually look pretty scary. Um, I think a lot of teams are probably afraid to play them because they're getting in a groove. But this is still a limited team, I think, under the command of Jimmy G. If he's firing and doing well and he's firing on all cylinders and the play calling's on point. 
and the team can carry him without making any mistakes, the Niners can beat literally anybody on any given Sunday. They for sure can. I, I firmly believe that with Debo carrying this team on his back, with Kittle potential to do that as well, with Mitchell in the run game, the defense can step up. I mean, look, this team can beat pretty much anybody if everything is firing on all cylinders. Um, but Jimmy's going to play hurt. Jimmy's obviously going to play. I know that, Brandon. He's definitely playing. But he's going to be injured still. He's going to still be hampered by that thumb. He looked bad in the first half. Um, and he came back firing in the second half. So kudos to Jimmy G. Kudos to, to Shanahan. I've already talked about how impressed I was with the second half from both of them. Um, but this Dallas defense is something different. I know a lot of people want to say that, that that they can be scored on, and that's true for the most part, but they are point, they are turnover machines. They're a pick six waiting to happen for a quarterback like Jimmy G. So I worry a lot about the Niners being able to, to stave off that Dallas D from making big plays in, in turning this game around or, or sending it in the wrong direction. If Jimmy G can be very limited and the team uh, still run the ball effectively, which is going to be hard because you kind of need to open up the run by opening up the pass. But if Jimmy G can like hit Debo and gain some big yardage on like a, a, a you know, one of those seven yard slants that Debo is so famous for right now, or Debo can run like he's been doing and Mitchell can get, I don't know, five yards per carry, get some first downs, move the football down the field and, and create like a, I don't know, a cushion of some kind. Let's say the Niners score and they're up 10-3. I think that's that's going to be a recipe for a potential Jimmy G uh, uh, setup game where he can manage the game properly. He can make certain plays here and there, and he's not asked to win the game. If Jimmy G is asked to win the game, I don't think what happened last week will happen this week. And Jimmy G did well. He was definitely a part of why the team won. But Debo, if Debo didn't throw that touchdown pass, if a lot of things didn't happen perfectly, um, there was like a, a what was a four percent chance or less than four percent chance that the Niners would have won that game coming out of the half. That was what the odds were. It was it was astronomically low. It was an unbelievable one of the most fun games I've ever seen. And I was rooting for the Niners to be honest. I wanted the Niners to come back. They did. They looked phenomenal. I just think this Dallas defense is something different, something completely different that Jimmy G could get swallowed up uh, by. But we'll see. We'll see. Mitchell is good to go. He did not practice on Wednesday, or he, yeah, he did not practice on Wednesday, but he's, he's believed to be good to go. This is like a maintenance thing. Uh, Damian Harris hamstring remain limited Wednesday. He should be good to go though. No, no thought that he's going to sit or anything, but Ramondre Stevenson could be a hundred yard rusher. So it's going to be, it's going to be an amazing, uh, a rushing performance, I think by, by, uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson in their next matchup because, these guys split carries, and they both are very, very effective. Both touchdown-producing uh, guys. Um, Cowboys activated uh, Micah Parsons. This is great news, obviously. I mean, this would this would have turned the whole game upside down for the Cowboys. This would have this would have, I think, put the Niners in prime position to win the game if, for any reason, he wasn't available. So he's available. Don't don't uh, don't fret, Cowboy fans. Tyreek Hill practice. He looks fine. We were worried about his heel. Uh, he apparently he's moved around the field fine. Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be back. Um, they didn't want to rush him last week, but it looks like he's good. He's good to go. Najee Harris did not practice, but 
all indications are he'll be fine. T. Higgins was limited in Wednesday's practice, but all indications are he will be fine. Again, there's not much negative news. It was only the DeAndre Hopkins stuff and the Jimmy G potential injury that's going to hold him back from being 100%, but he will play. Darrell Waller was limited, um, but he's fully expected to play. We just don't know if he's going to be full go yet or, or back to 100%. Tony Pollard was a full participant in practice. He'll be good to go. And Mike Evans, and this leads us to some 2022 talk real quick. Mike Evans was limited in practice on uh, on Wednesday here with a hamstring, but fully expected to play um, in his next battle. Don't you worry. But here's the thing. We got to talk about Godwin, okay? Godwin recovering from an ACL tear. I've seen a lot of early rankings that have him still super high. And, and look, it's going to be hard for him to come back from that injury and be 100% in 2022 because this man is often injured to begin with. He tore this ACL rather late if you want to uh, you know, use examples of players that have returned to full strength that coming season. It's late. It's late. It's not like an early ACL tear. It wasn't like Barkley's. And Barkley wasn't even ready for week one. And his was in the very, very beginning of the season. Godwin's injury was very late. And Godwin is an injury-prone player. And Godwin, although I think that he could bounce back at some point, is going to enter 2022 on my no-draft list. I won't go near him. There's a really good chance he's not even ready for week one. We'll see how that all unveils there are a lot of people trying to rush recoveries cam Akers being an example and i think it's always bad for business when you rush yourself onto the field and you don't give your body the proper advised time off to heal and rehab so be careful dan with the super chat 20 spot uh dan dm me on instagram right now pal dm me right now dan time for a smitty rant Dan, uh, message me right now, pal, on Instagram. I will look for your message, and we'll lock you into the tw- the 96-team league. Uh, so I'll look for that message right now. Cup had an ACL tear injury, and it, it took him a whole year to get right. Yeah, Swaggy, this isn't going to be a quick thing for, for Godwin. And, and you know, it, it, it helps the younger you are. And I know that, that Cup was able to do it. Godwin could do it, but it's definitely going gonna, gonna to take some time. It's not going to be right. Right away. I hate my job, says Tex Ninja. Well, you do have the option to pull a uh, an Antonio Brown Ninja, but I don't recommend you do that unless you have a backup plan. Uh, Antonio Brown had a rap career waiting for him. So do what you got to do, but we support you. My rant of the day is going to be that wide receiver, wide receiver in 2022 should not be overlooked by any means. And... I, I believe that, that a lot of people are going to have pushback on wide receiver, wide receiver. And I think that the main pushback is going to be that running backs are robust. You got to win with running. Like, that's going to be everybody's, you know, regurgitated line. By no means am I saying force wide receiver, wide receiver. You guys know me long enough to know that the only way I draft is best player available. Plain and simple. If wide receiver, wide receiver is the best player available approach available at the time of my draft selections if i'm drafting at 12 and 13 
I will go wide receiver, wide receiver, and I won't bat an eye. I won't lean running back even when things are, are really close because I need a running back. I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver if they are the best players on the board. The only way to draft is best player available BPA, in my opinion. When you start forcing yourself to, to draft in tiers and forcing yourself to take players because they're a certain position, you leave a lot of talent in the, on, on the board when your selection comes and then you walk away with a lesser team, a team that's going to score less points. Can you accommodate and, and make up for it later in the draft by landing a sleeper? Of course, there are a hundred ways to win. You could force me to go wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver. I could still find a way to win. There are hundreds of thousands of ways to approach your, your draft. There are hundreds of ways you can win. Um, there's no one way. And anybody that tells you you've got to do a certain thing, you have to draft running back, running back. You got to go R robust RB, or you're gonna get you know held back and, and fall behind. Anybody that tells you that that is the only way, like that's an approach, and it's okay. But anybody that tells you the only way to go is to go running back, running back, they don't know what they're talking about. They're talking from one perspective. Maybe they're very good at drafting that way. And if they are, kudos to them. Congratulations. Go draft running back, running back. Have a blast. Go go have fun drafting a, a position and not a player. I don't know about you, but I don't sit there and go, uh, okay, I have to take the next running back, the leftover that's given to me. I'm just going to draft. I'll blindly put my finger on the page. I'll take him. How is that fun? I'd rather draft the player I believe to be the best player on the board. And if it happens to be wide receiver, wide receiver, so be it. If it happens to be running back, running back, I will go running back, running back. This right here doesn't say I'm not going running back, running back. I will go running back, running back. I will go running back, running back, running back if it is the best player on the board. So what on earth are you talking about, Smitty, that it shouldn't be overlooked? Here's what I'm saying. I firmly believe that the best player available on average will be a wide receiver. And I believe people will overlook it. I believe on average, you'll be on the clock at 9, 10, 11, 12, 2.1, 2.4. And the best player on the board will be a wide receiver 80% of the time. Roughly. I'm guessing this is very early navigation into everything that we're looking at. Okay, very early navigation. Things could change, the percentages, my approach can change a little bit. But what I'm saying is my early indication is that these players that are going to be in the 7 to, I don't know, 20 range are going to be loaded wide receiver heavy for me when I'm doing rankings, when I'm looking at everything and I'm getting ready for my draft and I'm doing the draft rankings. We're going to get to a point where you're going to be potentially looking at two wide receivers like Justin Jefferson and, I don't know, Devontae Adams falling because maybe he's not playing with Aaron Rodgers. And it's going to be so much better to grab the two guys you believe are going to score more than to just force a running back and say, i got to take Barkley. Look at the ADP from last year. McCaffrey, number one overall. Complete bust. Cook, Cook didn't bust, but... He didn't have the greatest year, and he was hurt a couple times and didn't truly finish like the running back you drafted. Kamara disappointed in the end. 
He had some good moments, obviously. Henry, same thing. Amazing at the beginning of the year. But if you drafted Henry, a lot of people lost their league if they didn't trade him early. They didn't trade him by double-digit weeks like we talked about on the show. Then you lost out there. Elliot, Elliot, I, I said draft Elliot. Okay, so this one's on me. I think he played fairly well. He finished pretty high for running backs, but he definitely wasn't potent at the end of the year. So if you had Elliott as your first drafted player, you may have struggled at times. You may have weathered through it, but he certainly is not looking like a reliable top 15 or 20 overall pick next year. You might not even draft Elliott until the third or fourth round if you even do that. Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, complete bust from that value. This is ADP from last season. This is unbelievable. So far, we haven't had one player besides Henry for a big chunk of the year did really well for you. And if you drafted depth that was good enough, Henry plus your depth might have still been the number one running back. So it depends on how good you did with your depth. But he still let people down by not being on the field. He didn't rush for 1,000 yards. So, I mean, you can't say that he carried you all year off of that short amount of time. He did very well, obviously. Uh, still for you, even even if he did go down. Barkley, complete bust. Eckler, fantastic value from the 10th spot. That's our, that's our first good value, our first really amazing return on value. Jonathan Taylor, absolutely phenomenal return on value, obviously. So Eckler, number 10 and 11. Two running backs out of the top 11 overall performed perform to expectation. Nick Chubb, definitely disappointed. At times, definitely did okay at times. I wouldn't call him a total land. I wouldn't call him a total bust either. Tyreek Hill, definitely, I wouldn't say total bust, but definitely disappointed. Diggs, he had a decent year. Harris blew up, did amazing. Hopkins, bust. Gibson, you got to call Gibson a bust, even if he he did fairly well at times. He still busted. Mahomes was overdrafted there. Still had a, a, a decent year, but completely not up to that level, expectation level. Ridley bust. DK, I mean, he busted for the most part, even though he did rebound. Mixing great. Waller bust. Jefferson home run. AJ Brown, a mixed bag. That's a crazy ADP. I'm not going to force running back. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. Yeah, Waller, I, I see your, your comment there, Silver. Waller, 23 overall. Don't take tight ends early. Don't take Kelsey in the first round. I'm okay with Kelsey at like the 2-3 turn. But even Kelsey at 15, he's going to drop off at some point. You don't want to be holding the bag when he starts to fall off. Here's Silver. I got Silver with two messages. If you guys want to send me a voice message, message, send it to me right now at the Fantasy Football Show on IG. Hey, Silver. Hey, y'all need to step it up. Hit the like for Smitty here. Hey, Smitty, is what I'm talking about, bro. I got the 9 and 12, like I said. So I'm thinking one running back and one receiver. I might have to go two wide receiver. Maybe like a Chase Jefferson, Adams. Maybe a Hill, maybe Diggs, maybe two of them guys. But if I'm at running back, I'm hoping Najee lands to me at nine. He probably ain't going to be there. He's going to be on the offseason high, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking at nine, I might have like a Mixon or a Swift. Should I go Mixon or Swift? Or should I go ahead and go like a Jefferson or Chase or something like that? Because at 12... I can get either a Jefferson, a Chase, 
maybe nah, ain't gonna be no Adams, but Cup, Jefferson, Chase, and Adams, one of them mother, one of them is gonna. <laughs> uh, uh, Silver says he's a little tipsy, so we're gonna cut. We're gonna cut him. Uh, you sound fine, Silver. You don't sound tipsy to me. Okay, you asked another question. I'll play that in a second. Let me first tell you this, bro. Back to my wide receiver, wide receiver approach. There is only one way to draft. One way to draft, for, in my opinion, that leaves, leads you down all avenues. So when people say, oh, Smitty, you're very hypocritical when you say there's tons of ways to win, but yet you're saying do this one thing. The one thing I'm telling you to do leads you down all avenues. It's the path to everywhere. Okay, best player available allows you to go running back, running back. Best player available allows you, allows you to go wide receiver, wide receiver. Best player available lets you do everything. Um, when all things are very close to equal, you can lean toward those positions of need if you want. I'm What I'm saying is I might not do that. This year in 2022, I feel so good about the wide receivers and I feel so sketchy about these running backs that are going to fall between 7 and 24 that I'm not forcing anything. If it's wide receiver, wide receiver, guess what? I'm taking David Montgomery and some other backs, and I'm going to platoon the hell out of my running back too, like I did last year, and win championships using what we did all year long this, this past season with Madison here, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and trading for Damian Harris on the cheap here, here and here, just completely, completely making it so that we're stacking every position as best we can with the highest point scores we can. Sometimes it puts you in a bind. Sometimes it does. Sometimes going best player available will leave you with a big vacant hole and void in your running back two or your wide receiver three or your quarterback or whatever. Sometimes a void is created by going best player available. It happens. But guess what? One big void is better than having a mediocre team that has holes all over it. It doesn't even, it doesn't even really feel balanced, even though your thought process was, I'm going to go balanced so that I can have the best team possible to go into trying to resolve this later on in the draft and fill holes here and there. Stack your team. Stack your team the best you can with the highest point scores that you can and figure out the rest as you go. Best player available is the only way to go. And the best cure for best player available voids that are created from doing that approach is to trade up. Get an extra high third rounder. Get an additional second round pick. Trade your six and trade your fourth and seventh for a third rounder if you can and get that extra gun that that way you can go wide receiver, wide receiver, running back in a very tight area. So everything. Everything, 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 everything is about flow of draft. And if someone tells you to take a running back and they don't even know who's off the board, they're giving you horrible advice. Hor just horrible advice. This person doesn't even know how the, how the draft is flowing. And they're telling you to go running back. They have no clue who's on the board. They have no clue what running backs might be falling. You have to go best player available. If I was in your shoes, Silver, I'd probably go. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably gonna say the likelihood of a one wide receiver being taken by me in your your draft slot is almost a lock. Um, the running backs. I mean, dude, it depends on who's gonna fall, bro. Like looking at a set of rankings right here. 
Um, let's see here. Let me pull up Sleeper U rankings, and if you don't have SleeperU.com, learn about it. Pulling up my rankings for 2022 at that nine pick, you're probably looking at maybe like you said a Swift. You're you might see CMC there. You might want to take him later even, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world to go like JJ or Cup or Debo and in a in a CMC if you wanted to play that game one time. I would not draft Christian McCaffrey in multiple leagues. I would take him maybe in one. It seems high there at the at the 12 13 turn. I like my CMC down in the second, or I'm letting somebody else take take the player. Um I, I could see you coming away with a Debo. And man, man, if Jamar Chase landed or Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill and Debo, Tyreek Hill and Adams could both fall because they're the older wide receivers in a new wave, a new generation of wide receiver. A changing of the guard is happening. You've got Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup taking up the three wide receivers that are probably most likely to go in the first round. Usually it's one to two wide receivers that go in round one. I think this year being... Everybody was so disappointed with running backs failing and faulting and and busting on them in 2021. You're going to have a little bit more of a lean toward wide receiver in round one than you did last year. But it probably won't be extreme because there are still very running back, running back uh, 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 influence people. Which is not a bad thing. Again, best player available can take you down that path. But I would say three or four wide receivers in round one is to be expected in 2022 on average given how badly running backs busted on people in 2021. People will be gun-shy in 2022, putting all their value on a running back. So, if you take Chase, Jefferson, and Cup off the board, you're talking about Hill and Diggs. Hill and A.J. Brown, Debo and Hill. Those are awesome wide receivers to kick off your draft with. And running back-wise, I mean, you've got Chubb. I think Chubb could be risky next year. Mixon would be decent for one year. Dynasty's a whole different topic. Swift has got a little injury risk, but he's got some upside. Um, I don't know that Cook or Camaro will fall that far, but they could. And, you know, past that, man, I'm not banking on... I'm not banking on any of the running backs over some of those wide receivers. So, hopefully that helped. Random. I'll go to voicemails on the random. It's time for fantasy football. Court! Court! court. 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 Okay, so for Fantasy Football Court, we have a couple things we're doing today. One, here's a question. Somebody DM me and I, I'm going to address it. Then after I answer this question, we're going to go to the open forum where you ask me a question and I will give a ruling, whether it's a, a player ranking or whatever. So question... Number one from Instagram, how do I get my league to stop playing week 18? This question I get a ton. And so I thought I'd address it um, because I'm asked it all the time by a ton of different people every week. You don't play in the league. If your commissioner is so out of touch that they won't change, especially after this year, if this didn't provide enough evidence for your commissioner to just make the call, you don't even have to vote on this. This is common sense. Okay? You don't it's not something you have to vote on because it doesn't impact anybody. 
you know it's like you're doing it after the draft already happened and people have drafted based on schedules no schedule is out for 2022 make the call the appropriate call for your league play to week 17 playing to week 18 benefits nobody but the lucky the dice roller who wants to go into a week 18 battle and just roll the dice and have everything on the line why would you invest money in a league that takes all the skill out in the final game so my advice is don't play in it that's how you stop a guy commissioning taking a a, a league into the ground driving the ship into the ground tell him you're out move it to week 17 or i'm done i'm not playing in your league Anybody playing to week 18 is throwing their money down the drain. Or they're going to the roulette wheel in week 18 to see if they won the money. The cash money. Not for me. Maybe for you. I don't know. And if you're a commissioner watching out there and you're like, All right, but we like week 18. It's what we do. Then good luck. Good luck keeping your league around because another year of what people endured in week 18. This year, next year, your people are going to quit in droves. So stop with the week 18 stuff. I can't believe how much content I had to create in week 18. I do it because you're my people. And if one person says, Smitty, I'm playing week 18, I'm there for you, creating content for you, because that's my job. But I will say, I'm cursing in my own head, and I'm screaming and yelling, Say, why am I creating week 18 content for you? It's guesswork, bro. Nobody has good information, not even an analyst. I hate to break the news to you, week 18 advocates but no analyst even has good information for you for week 18 because no one knows look at Dak Prescott we couldn't see that coming staying in the game throwing five TDs Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers will not play more than one series they play a lot longer Gronk goes out to get his million dollars heads on the field again it, it, it it's impossible to predict Zeke Elliott played more than anybody thought it's all a bunch of garbage. Do not play play week 18. Okay, now for the next topic. Open court. Ask a question, and I will preside over said question. Let's go. Where does ETN land next year? This one's from, from Edit. Where does ETN land next year in redraft? If I had to guess, bro, looking at like a top 200 overall ranking which is basically you know an ADP of sorts I would say when I start feeling comfortable with ETN's name it's going to be after probably both of the top two rookies I know that might sound crazy to you but like Brees Hall um, uh, uh, pr probably Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker ahead, DK, Deontay Kittle all ahead Monty ahead T Higgins ahead Keenan Allen ahead you might be seriously contemplating ETN around the Zeke Elliott and and uh, let's say uh, like Lamar Lamar Jackson, um, possibly the Waller level, the Hollywood Brown level, the potential Leonard Fournette and Cordero Patterson and DJ Moore level. That's not crazy. I don't think it's crazy to like DJ Moore over ETN. I don't think it's crazy to like ETN over uh, DJ Moore. Those are that's a very very close range for me. I don't feel confident. So I'd say in that range. I don't feel confident in any running back aside from JT and Najee. Are you crazy? No game. 
That's why I'm telling you that wide receiver, wide receiver is a great approach if best player available leads you down that path. My whole point is don't ignore it when you're looking at it and you're saying, I don't believe in these running backs. The best player available is in fact A.J. Brown. Despite the knee issues, the injury concern, he feels like the most dominant player on the board. I'm going to take A.J. Brown. I'm not going to risk it on a running back that I don't necessarily believe in. Um, Or especially if you start going in a direction where you see like wide receivers like I was talking about earlier. You're getting to guys like Adams and Hill because Cup, Chase, and Jefferson bumped them down into round two. I mean, are you going to draft a running back like Monty or, I mean, you could say Swift. You know, you could say Swift. I, I'd understand that. But I, I personally am not taking a running back like Monty or probably even Swift over a guy that I feel still has potential wide receiver one overall value. And Hill does. Tyreek Hill does. He'll be a second rounder. He'll be a turn 13, 14 overall pick, somewhere around that range. It just feels so much safer to me. And then I'll address running back in the next round. You might get guys like Elijah Mitchell still in round three. We'll see where he falls. Javante, we don't know where Javante is going to be. Game, I will say that you're not wrong here. I will say there are a couple more running backs I do like. I think Cook and Madison are pretty safe to cuff together. I think Kamara is definitely risky. I don't blame anybody from being like, okay, Kamara, I like him. I know he's great, but I'm going to stay away from him this year. I can understand that. The mileage could add up for him too. Depends on what happens with that Saints quarterback situation. If Russell Wilson goes to New Orleans or if A-Rod went to New Orleans, then I think we need to have a conversation about how Kamara has at least one more top five overall season left. If nothing changes at the quarterback spot, then Kamara becomes more risky because you don't necessarily know what his usage will be in a year where we're kind of worried about potential decline. Uh, Javante Williams with A-Rod's a top three, top four overall lock. And you'd be crazy to ignore that value. Yes, but not right now. I understand where you're coming from. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Terry says, we need more likes, guys. 32 likes. I know it's the off season. I know things are going to change a little bit for some people. Some people are taking an itty bitty break, but we aren't. We aren't. We never stop. We're going to build things back up and push people into early content. Talk about Dynasty. Get more people involved in Dynasty. A lot of people vanish for a few months, a few weeks. Not us. Where are you ranking Monty next year? Definitely not in round two. Uh, depends on the, the situation there, who they bring in. Uh, coaching staff-wise, I think Monty could be a third-rounder, but a safer fourth-rounder. It is time for the speed question and answer segment. Speed round, speed round, speed round. Ask me your question and I shall answer Let's go as fast as we can. Make your questions short or I might just skip over it because we're only doing fast style right now. So hit me with your question. Let's go. Uh, Smitty, don't have Insta. Sent you a message in the 96 team league on Sleeper U. Uh, Okay, you sent me an email or what? Appreciate that, Dan. Appreciate that, Dan. Okay, where does B. Cooks get drafted next season? I don't know, Ninja. That is like a, a tough player to, to rank. It's a good question. I don't mean that in a bad way. Just like get, Cooks, I don't know. Like, 
where's his ADP likely going to be? Probably, I don't know, around six, seven. I don't know. And, and and he's always good value because people overlook him, but no one's going to be taking this guy. Like not unless something crazy happens at for his quarterback, you know, spot like upgrade, like something significant happens. Sure, we'll 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 visit his his climbing ADP. For now, who who knows? Who knows? Uh, traded Mike Davis engage for Cup and Madison before Week One trade of the year. Davis engage, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty ridiculous. Hope you feel good about yourself raking your grandma over the coals on that trade in your family league. Holy smokes. Where do we draft Jefferson next year? Top seven overall. At me. At me. If you think that's too high, he's the number two, arguably number one, but number two wide receiver. You could say in redraft, him in cup, whatever. You could put him three if you want. But I'm advocating... That the top three, maybe even four wide receivers in fantasy football 2022 deserve to be in the top nine or ten overall. I think out of your top ten, we'll call it 11. Top 11 overall, four players should be wide receivers. And we need to stop shying away from wide receiver and saying, oh, it's got to be running back. It's got to be RB, Schmitty, because RBs are so reliable, right? Which is why we went over this ADP list, right? Look at this ADP list. Yeah, running backs are so reliable, aren't they? McCaffrey, boom. Cook, semi-bust for the most part, given what you paid. Kamara, you know, decent and bust at the same time. Henry got hurt and missed a, you know, he missed a huge chunk of the season. You can say whatever you want about injury and Elliott did good early on. Aaron Jones, bust. Barkley, Bust, Eckler, phenomenal, Taylor, phenomenal. It's absolutely crazy. John with a super chat. Smitty, are we starting... Are we starting a 12-team Superflex Keeper League? Do you like the first round running backs for Superflex? Uh, John... You need to know. You need to know what your league is used to doing or what they're accustomed to. If this is brand new and you don't know anybody, I would assume it depends on your pick too. You can kind of react quickly, but I would assume that the first round is going to have like three non QBs going. That's the way normal superflex drafts go. But I've been in superflex drafts where no one takes a QB, maybe one or two people in round one, and two or three people in round two, and it's a total normal type draft feel. And you just got to know your audience, who you're drafting with. Know your people. Know your population of people you're drafting with because it determines everything. It determines how you approach this because this is one scenario in Superflex where you got to worry about drafting a position, sure. But at the same time, everything circles back to best player available. In a Superflex, your mind and rankings and your approach all get altered and the best player available is a quarterback typically. That's it's no change. A lot of people think that the the way I I talk about best player available can't can't be translated when it's like superflex. It is. E- everything is about the best player available in the constructs of your rules in everything that makes up your league. All the rules, all the settings, everything. And best player available in your league might be different than best player available in my league. So in this case right here, when you're talking about a 12 team superflex, 
and you're drafting at number four. If you've got Burrow sitting there at number four or Herbert, you need to snag him. If Burrow or Herbert fall to, to pick seven because your league's a little laxed on, on this mentality of taking quarterback early, a lot of times when you convert an existing league into a super flex the first year, everybody's a little gun shy of, of drafting quarterback early. A lot of people go, yeah, I'll, I'll start thinking about it a little bit more. Like I'll draft a quarterback a little earlier than normal, but I'm not going quarterback in round one and round two. That's crazy. People that transition into Superflex for the first time in an existing league that have never done it oftentimes don't do it like other people draft. It's going to look very much in the middle between Superflex drafting and normal drafting. So you got to understand all that stuff, John, because it can help influence your decision on what you're going to do. But also read the draft. If it goes quarterback, 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 then you have a good feeling that that's going to trigger a cascading effect of drafting quarterbacks. So uh, in general... I would say my favorite approach typically is drafting. If I've got a top five pick, I'm taking Burrow, Herbert, um, Mahomes, or Josh Allen. And then once I get past that, I like getting the JT. I like getting they JT feels like the best player available. Najee feels like the best player available. Jamar Chase will feel like the best player available. And then I'll come back and I'll take a Trey Lance and a Stafford or a Trey Lance and, um, you know, Another quarterback that feels very, very undervalued. Um, I'll also scoop up Tyrod, Tyrod, uh, Tyler Huntley's guys like that. Like, let's say you're drafting right now. I would take Tyler Huntley in every super flex draft I could because I feel like he could potentially find himself a starting job. And I think he's a, a very, very good value. You can also, if Huntley, let's say, stayed in, in Baltimore, you could draft Lamar and Huntley together and really lock down one of your quarterback spots and feel more comfortable maybe not being as strong at your quarterback too. So Superflex has a lot of different things that you can attack. To There's so much strategy involved. Terry loves the background music act. Absolutely, pal. This music makes me feel like we are hurrying to get somewhere. We are. We've got a timer here. We're doing speed Q&A. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, Parsons gonna knock Jimmy back to to James. Uh, I think I think Parsons is gonna be a problem. Redrafting Herbert round number one. Not in non. It has to be in a two QB league. Herbert's not a, a round one QB. No one's a round one QB unless you're in a two QB league or a super flex league. Uh, bro, you've only answered three questions. I'm sorry, David. It was a good question, and it was a super chat. Jimmy G will be ha handing off, relaxing, enjoying the gold rush. It says gold rush. Uh, if they can stop DeMar... Okay, hold on. Where, where's, uh, where's that one question? Random topic time. Okay, so for this topic, I'm going to go over the top five quarterbacks for 20... I put 2020. 2022... Let me fix that. 2022. I've been saying 2020 instead of 2022. I don't know why. Uh, here we go. This is uh, we're gonna go to the voice messages first and, and continue there. Yeah, I'm a little buzzing, bro. You can already tell. But you know what I'm saying, man. I think I need to get one running back out of that nine, twelve, and ten man league, thousand dollar league. 
I need to get one running back out of them first two because I got 29-32. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, Silver, but you can't force it. So if, if let's say, you know, Swift is there, you believe in Swift, and you're contemplating between A.J. Brown and Swift, you're like, A.J. Brown's got as much risk as Swift. I'm going to go I'm go Swift. Like, that I'm, that I'm fine with. That, that I think is a, a decent approach. Um, I just don't know. Like, would you guys bank on Christian McCaffrey at 13? I think as we get closer to kickoff, as we get closer to August 1, as we get closer to draft day and a lot of your guys' drafts, your actual redraft leagues, part of me wonders if Christian McCaffrey will start looking more and more acceptable risk-wise at 13. Like the second round, top of the second round. Like, let's, let's keep McCaffrey out of round one. That is safe. But do we accept McCaffrey in one league... Just one league, let's say, out of your three or four that you do. Don't do 20 like I do. I'm, I'm scaling back this year. But do we accept McCaffrey in, in one league as the number 13 overall pick, our second drafted player? In the chat, let me know what you think. I'm, I'm thinking that in one league, I'm going to try it. Like, And I think as we get closer to week one, McCaffrey will be higher valued every single week we get closer to August 1. I think people will will start pulling him up into that round one area. If he goes in round one at like eight, I'm out. Seven, I'm out. Nine or ten, probably still out. The the turn picks, like 12, 13, 13, 12, I can justify it however I want. I feel like he's going to be a decent second drafted player. And and the, the reason I say that is I'm, I'm totally of the belief that McCaffrey's going to get hurt again. He can't stay healthy, but... When he's on the field, when he's on the field, he is not dropped off. He is electric. He is elite. He is overutilized. That leads to injury. Um, I feel like the the carries and touches have, have definitely added up, and he's not going to be able to stay healthy for 17 games. But I feel like I like him at 13. So if I'm going like uh, Tyreek Hill and CMC, that feels very good. That feels very decent. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So, Silver, that might be an option for you, pal. Because I think he could fall, especially if it's an early draft. If it's a late draft, I think, like I said, I think CMC climbs up into the first round and we're all going, no, I'm not going near him at seven. I'm not going near him at eight. Some people say he's going to go high in round one and other people come at my neck and say, Smitty, I heard you talking about Christian McCaffrey at the top of round two. He's not going to be in the third round, bro. Like, people are all over the map on Christian McCaffrey. No one knows exactly where his ADP is going to reside. Like, so let's let's stop kidding ourselves and in, 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 in going at different people's takes on where they think McCaffrey might fall. No one knows yet. Nobody knows. We haven't seen any ADP data yet that supports anything. There's not enough of it out there yet. Not enough competitive people playing 2022 yet to get our hands on good concrete data, we can only guess and use experience. And using experience and using the the 19 years that I've been doing this, going on 20, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, he feels very, very, very much like he's going to be around 13 to 15 initially. Some people dipping in at the end of the first round. There's always going to be people that want to be heroes with, with CMC. We'll call them CMC heroes. Anybody drafting CMC in round one is a CMC hero moving forward on the show. Okay? 
So if someone comes in and goes, Christian McCaffrey's top five, Smitty, you're crazy. We're going to call him a CMC hero. It's not really a negative thing. They're just a CMC hero. They're swinging big. They love Christian McCaffrey. They're, they're a Christian McCaffrey supporter to the bone. They don't even they don't even rationalize or use reason. It's just CMC running back one. Remember that? CMC running back one, Smitty. CMC running back one without any consideration. For this man's injury history whatsoever, he's running back one. He just gets anointed running back one because he's CMC. That is hero thinking. You're swinging big. That's I swing big or I go home every time. Every time. Raindrop shooter from half court. Just trying to drain one. So, uh, and then uh, I, I think we had a couple other messages here. Here's one from... Tariq. Hey, what's going on, Smitty? Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. Any potential breakout position players that you see for the 2022 season, it could be in the running back, quarterback, receiver, court, uh, anything would be appreciated. Uh, breakouts. So, you know, we obviously have uh, the the usual suspects like St. Brown. Everybody loves St. Brown. Um, I think rookies always have a, a grip of, of names that, that come to mind. Um when I'm asked this question, like Kenneth Walker, I love uh, Brees Hall. I'm going to love a lot. They're rookie running backs that are coming into this, this, uh, this NFL draft here. Uh, I think uh, McLaurin has potential to bounce back. Let's see what happens at the quarterback position. Obviously Waddle is going to go crazy. Um, I think Hopkins could be a good late guy that to grab and hope that he rebounds. Elijah Moore is obviously going to ball out. Um, these are all just, you know, typical guys. ETN could be very, very good. And uh, we'll, I'll have more on this topic for sure. And I appreciate your uh, question. So we have uh, a minute and 30 seconds left to do these quarterbacks top five. I'm going to go number one. I'm going uh, Allen. Number two, I'm going Mahomes. Number three, I'm going Joey B. Burrow, my number three quarterback for 2022. Herbert, my number four. And my number five quarterback. This one's tough. This one could be... Uh, uh, you could argue this all over the map. You could say, Jalen Hurts, he's you know going to continue to impress. And he could. Or his his team could continue to not support him right. And, and Philly's notorious for just making weird personnel decisions and not supporting their players. And, and uh, you know, there's a reason that, that Peterson was let go after just recently being in a Super Bowl, like that, it's, it's not run very well over there. The ship is not tight. Lamar Jackson failing you, like Kyler Murray. I wouldn't be surprised. So Mur- Murray here, and then I'll tell you what. Don't be shocked at all if you start seeing me put this guy's name right here at that five spot, or the five and a half spot, or the six. Ronalds is not taking him top five the who this is my this is my top five and then lance needs to be talked about right here that's a wrap people time to get burrowed boy do the shows go quickly now the shows just rip through i mean this is this is speed stuff now it it, it feels like the show just began i like does everybody like the the times the time shows this isn't going to be everything i do my my post production content that I drop on on uh, uh, 
Might be on Fridays. The The Friday live show might be a premiere from time to time. I'm going to try that out this Friday and see how it feels. So it'll be a Monday through Thursday live show like this and then a Friday live premiere. Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. videos drop. But I would love to know if you guys love the new format, if it makes it feel engaging. Again, the, the night live streams won't change when I do that. Uh, the, the uploads on my top five running backs, all those uploads won't change. This is just the Tuesday, Thursday show. I converted to Monday through Friday, one hour a day. A whole lot more content's going to be coming your way, but I want to know how you feel about the flow of the show and how you how you think it jives. Um, 12-team, two-keeper league. I have to pick, pick 11 and 12. Pick two best value keepers. Taylor, first rounder. Higgins, 14. I'm on St. Brown. Uh, you got to go Higgins and JT, bro. JT, phenomenal. And JCD, you can ask me another question once the show ends in the comments, and I'll follow up with you if you have further questions. Appreciate everybody being here. Peace out. Ask a question in the comments. I'll answer. I'll answer. Receiver. One. One. Tell your grandma. Joe Burrow. Tell your mom. Tell Bob. From accounting. Tell your grandma. One. Javante season. It's throat punching season. It's throat punching season. It's throat punching. It's throat punching season. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Tell your mom. Javante season. Season. Tell your mom. Tell Bob. From accounting. Chase is wide receiver one